You made it through the snow and the cold. Hats off to you. Well done. Drove like a Chicagoan today. Uh, on these mornings, I get to drive, you know, growing up in Chicago and then in Dakotas. Uh, Shelly from Kentucky, you know, she's, uh, you know, a little bit more nervous on the road. But she does good. Well done. She's got to drive it during the week. <laughs> uh, in that question you received in the community time, you were asked if you had $100 to give away, what would you do with it? So what kind of answers did you come up with? What? Did you say give it away? Give it to missions, all right. Anybody else? What'd you come up with? Speed the light. Speed the light. Spoken well by a youth. <laughs> Speed the light. If uh, you're unaware, it's, it's ways that youth get behind missions. They buy the vehicles for the, the personnel that, that we're behind and partner with overseas. Good answer. Anybody else? Free International. Free International. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something else we get behind. Free International based out of Las Vegas. They are uh, part of helping people uh, be free of the, the issue of human trafficking and, and slavery. Yep. Anything else? Connection Point Food Pantry, absolutely, yep. Somebody said something else. A good friend struggling, absolutely, man. What a joy to come alongside somebody and be able to, to say, man, I'm with you in this, not just in, in word, but also in deed. Yep, that's great. Now, now let me ask, if the question would have been different, if instead it would have been a question of, you have $100 to spend, how would you spend it? The question is, would you still have found a way to, to have been able to, to bless others with, with that resource, $100? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Uh, may, you know, maybe you're in a place where you're like, man, that $100 I could put toward a bill. And there's nothing wrong with that, absolutely. Uh, but as we're going to continue our series in Luke today, we're going to walk through a passage of Scripture where Jesus talks about how are we to use the resources that God has given us. And the, the question, thankfully, Jesus answers. And, and so we're going to look at what Jesus' answers are for how are we to use the resources God has entrusted to our care. So if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you've got God's Word. If you're new to Connection Point, we say that because we want you in God's Word today. We want you in God's Word tomorrow and Tuesday too, and every other day, by the way. Uh, if you don't have a, a Bible with you today, you're welcome to take one from the seat in front of you. Uh, we just like to read through God's Word because these words are what we're going to talk about this morning, and we want to make sure that we honor them as we do. So I invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to be in Luke chapter 16, new chapter today. Uh, verses 1 through 13 is what we're going to look at, picking up from where we left off last week. Uh, this section right here in the middle section, there's a lot of parables, so we'll get into one of those today. And Jesus is, is around some Pharisees, and he's talking with the disciples, and, and here's what he shares. He said, he also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses." So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of the world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. 
And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into their eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, how will, uh, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. So the story that we read through this morning, it's actually one of the most difficult to work through in the way of the, the parables of Jesus. Uh, theologians and commentators have, have gone kind of around this one for a little while, because at first glance, it seems as though Jesus is, is inferring we should become shrewd by becoming dishonest. And everybody's like, that, that doesn't make sense. Je- Jesus, uh, I need some help here. So theologians and commentators have worked through that. Obviously, and I'll tell you this, the way that we understand Scripture is you've got to go back and first understand what would this have meant to the first century audience? The hearers of that day, how would they have understood it? Because if we don't understand that, then we can't apply it rightly to our lives. So we've got to start there. What did it mean to that audience as Jesus shared this story? So the question that we're going to figure out this morning as we look through it is, was, was Jesus meaning to exalt this dishonest manager? And the way that we examine scripture is it always has to be taken in context. And so you always look at the verses around it to help us understand what do these things mean. And and when you look at the verses that follow that story, the way that you interpret this is you understand it has to be looked at through the lens of appropriate use of resources. So that's where we're going to look at that this morning. This is all about the appropriate use of the resources God has given us. And the first thing we find as we look at this story is that we are to be wise and generous stewards of the resources that God has entrusted to our care. We're to be wise and generous stewards of the resources that God has entrusted to our care. So Jesus shares this this story, and and we need to look at it to understand what is Jesus doing here. So he shares the story of this landowner who has land that's being managed by someone, and, and then this landowner comes in to say, manager, What is this that I hear that you're mismanaging my property? You need to turn over the books to me. You're no longer going to have a job. And so then the question is, well, what's going on with the manager? How was he wasting the landowner's possessions? That's what the verse says, that you're wasting my possessions. And what was the possessions of the landowner? His land. So how was he wasting those possessions? When you look at the manager, understanding, again, going back to the original audience, they knew that that manager... The way that he worked with the renters is the renters had to pay back to the landowner some of their resources, the produce of the land. So oil, where's that come from? Olive trees. So somebody had olive trees and they were supposed to bring oil back to the landowner. Somebody else had a wheat field and they were to bring wheat back. And the way that the manager made his income is he would take a little off the top, understanding there's a certain percentage there, so that way that's the income that I take in. But what it seems from our passage is that the the manager, he got greedy. He became a slave to money. He started asking for too much off the top. The renters went to the landowner, said, this guy is killing us. He's taking too much. We can't live well because of how much he's taking for himself. So then what does the manager do? Once he's confronted by the landowner, 
what does he do? He, he brings those renters in and he says, hey, how much did I say that you needed to bring in? Okay, 100, make it 50. Uh, how much did you say you got to bring in? 100, make it 80. And what was he doing? All that manager was doing is saying, I'm not going to get anything I thought I had coming to me because I've got to turn over the books to the landowner. So I guess my last act is going to be one of generosity so that when I am let go, hopefully the community will receive me well. So what that manager was doing is basically saying, I'm not going to get my cut, so I'm going to give it back to the renters so that they can live well, and hopefully they're going to like me. So it's not that the landowner was going to lose anything of his resources. He was still going to get paid what he was due by his renters. It's now the manager finally figures out, I'm going to have to be generous with the resources that were entrusted to my care. So his last act was one of generosity. And then what happens, the landowner praises this man. He says, look at the way that he finally acted. But what's happening here when he's uplifted, it's not that Jesus is saying we should follow in the footsteps of the dishonest manager. No, no, no. What he's saying is, if this dishonest manager, this godless, greedy individual can figure out how to live a life of generosity, how much more should the sons of light, how much more should the children of God be wise and generous with the resources I've given them? That's the whole point. The point is, are we being a blessing to others with the resources God has entrusted to our care? How are we doing managing the resources God has given us? And so uh, I had shared a message uh, last month in December about giving selflessly. And so those are some of the questions that you need to ask yourself this morning. You know, are you taking those next steps in giving? Are you being a blessing to the greater Lafayette community by being a faithful giver? Are being a blessing to the world by being a generous giver? If you weren't here for that message, basically what we're encouraging you is to get into the discipline of giving because out of that discipline, God begins to do more things in your life. So maybe all this time you've been a nunner. You know, you just haven't really given. But could you now this year as you look at 2019, did you maybe even commit during that message to say, you know what, I want to become at least an occasional giver. That offering bucket goes by, I want to drop something in there. But how are you doing now that we're in 2019? How are you fulfilling that commitment? Or, or maybe you've been a, an occasional giver, but now the Lord is putting on your heart, I need to become a consistent giver. God put in my heart to do 2%, do 5%, and, and trust that he's going to help me manage my resources in a better way. Are you giving consistently? Or maybe you've been a consistent giver, and, and God is putting in your heart to become a faithful giver, to say, Lord, I want to give 10% back knowing that's a great way for me to steward the resources that you've given me. Have you become faithful in giving. Uh, a couple of weeks back, one of the, the guys in our church, he came up, he grabbed me at, as service was starting. He's like, look, I just got to share this with you. You know, you share that message on give selflessly, and, and I just really felt like I was supposed to step up and start to become a faithful giver. So, so I started doing that, becoming a faithful giver. And, and he's like, I gave on Sunday, and by Thursday I was in the store, you know, picking up some things. And, and a lady came up to me, and she said, well, sir, I don't know what it is, but God put in my heart, I'm supposed to take care of everything you're buying today. He said, of course he did. <laughs> but he had to share because he, because he knows, I, I think too often we just don't take God at his word. God is faithful as we are faithful. That's what we shared in that message on give selflessly. So it's okay to make those steps and watch what God does in that. And maybe you've been a faithful giver. And so then the next step is New Testament giving is give generously. You know, the Philippian believers, they gave beyond their means. We talked about that. 
And so you can begin to give generously and you bless the world. You bless the next generation. You bless our local community. Are you managing the resources God has given you in a way that's both wise and generous? Because that's the kind of stewards we're supposed to be. But not only that, we're also called to be faithful stewards. We're called to be faithful stewards of the resources God has given us in order to be entrusted with his truth. We're called to be faithful stewards of the resources that God has given us in order to be entrusted with his truth. So after I, I, we get through first service, I always ask Shelly, anything I need to adjust or do differently? She's like, yeah, you have long points. I can't write them down. Can you like stop for a second? So here's your, here's your pause. I don't want to lose anybody. I'll do it again for the third point. It's always, I will say this though, it's always on version. So the outline is always there. If you don't know what version is, it's an app you can put on your phone. You just got to look up the location and always we put the notes there because we want you guys to have access to this stuff. Um, but I jumped to some verses right away, so that's why she said, you got to pause. All right. Everybody there? All right, here we go. Keep on going. In the scripture verses, Jesus shares these scripture verses that relate to, uh, some are usually familiar to those, in terms of if we're faithful with the little things, then God knows we're going to be faithful with much. If we're dishonest with even those few things that he's entrusted us with, it means that we're going to be dishonest with much. And so the question that Jesus is putting before us is, can we be trusted? Can you be trusted? We need to make that question personal this morning. Can we be trusted? And, and Jesus has motivation for us to examine our hearts that way. Because in the very next verse, this is a really important verse in this passage. What he says is if you can't be trusted, if, if you're not managing your earthly resources well, then how are you expected to be entrusted with heavenly riches? Now let me ask you the question this morning. What are heavenly riches? What is heaven rich with? God. Man, that, I got to that verse when I was working through this message, and that one, that, that was a stopper for me for a moment. If we're not managing our earthly resources well, what God is saying is it's actually going to keep us from experiencing all that he has for us. Wow, God, help me examine my heart in this. And it's not that God wants to keep himself from us. That's actually not the point, because then in the verses that follow, he tells us the reason why. Because what God is saying is, is if money has a hold on your life, it's a distraction. You're not hearing my voice as loudly as you should, and you're going to miss out on the things I really want to do in your life. God is addressing some of the distractions we have. And in case you haven't figured it out, America is highly distracted with money. So we need to figure that out. Thank you, Jesus, that you speak truth into our lives. I don't want anything to distract me from everything that you have for me, God. I don't want anything to distract you from everything that God has for your life. The question that we need to figure out this morning is, what do I want more? Do I want money more than I want God? And we need to be honest this morning. I would put before you, no way! May we desire God more than anything else this life has to offer. Anything. Anything else. As we look at that verse, I, I was thinking about some of the implications for us. Are you feeling far from God? Now, I'll also tell you there are times in your life where you might feel far from God, and, and part of what God is doing is he's saying, I always want you dependent upon me. 
God loves to show up as the hero in our lives. So there are times where maybe he feels far, and so he's saying, press into me, because if you draw near to me, I'm going to draw near to you. That's a promise in Scripture. But there also, as we look at this passage, what it's saying is, is, is if we're not faithful stewards, part of the reason we might be feeling far from God is because we're not doing a good job with managing our resources. So God wants you to figure this out. This is not a message of judgment or condemnation. It's one of meant to be liberation, where you get to know God in ways you've never known before. So how are you doing? Are you being a faithful manager so that you can be entrusted with his truth, with heavenly riches? And as we look at the the last couple of verses there, what we find is we are to be wise, faithful, and generous stewards with the resources God has given us in order to not be a slave to money. We are to be faithful, wise, and generous stewards with the resources that God has given us in order to not be a slave to money. So now I need to wait for a little while. I will try not to write such long sentences next week. No promises. Because I want it to be clear for us this morning. What is God saying to our hearts in this? He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be wise. He wants us to be generous. Because as we're those things, we are a picture of him to the world. We represent him well to the world around us. We get to shine brightly to our neighbors and our coworkers. We get to shine brightly with the needy in our community. So how are we doing in this area? Because in the verses that follow, and I'll just go ahead and read those. He says, No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. So the choice before us this morning is this. Either we're going to be a slave to money, or we have the option that Jesus gives us in another passage to yoke ourselves to him, whose burden is easy and light, and we get to do that in our full identity as sons and daughters of the king of kings. A slave to money or a son or daughter of the king? Which one are you going to go after today? College students, which one are you going to chase? <laughs> the world will encourage you to go one way, and that's why we're here to help encourage you to go the other way. <laughs> Man, what are we going to serve this morning? God doesn't want anything in your life to be a distraction. He does not want money to be a distraction in your life. He wants you to use it to be able to bless others. And as you do that, you get to be delighted at the way that God uses you in that way. I always encourage people in spiritual disciplines, which giving is a spiritual discipline. They start as a discipline, but then they become a desire. And before long, they become a delight. That you get to delight in the way that God uses the things that you give away for his kingdom. It's a delight to do that. Jesus says in another verse in Matthew, he talks about that where we give, where we give is where our heart will follow. Where we invest is where our heart is invested. So where are you investing your heart? If you're only investing in the temporary, then you're missing out on the eternal blessings. If you're only investing in what this life has to offer, then you're missing out on all that God has for you. So where are you at this morning? Are your investments in your car and your house and insurance and retirement plans? And not that any of those things are wrong, but the question is, is that where your heart is? Or have you learned to become faithful and generous so now your heart is, 
is saying, those things are great, but man, this is amazing. I get to invest in kingdom things to see people in the greater Lafayette area, their lives change. That I get to see people's lives around the world change. So where are you investing your resources? Are you a slave to money? Or are you a son and daughter of the King of Kings? God's heart is for you today. Uh, we see in Scripture that he is jealous for you. Can you imagine God is jealous? Like, you would think that that's a negative quality. But he's jealous in a way that he wants all of you. He doesn't want just part of you. He wants everything that you have to offer. Knowing that as you give everything to him, what's it say? As you lose your life, you gain it. May we start grabbing a hold of those promises today. To say, God, I trust you in that. I trust that as I become a faithful, wise, and generous steward, then I can be granted everything that you have in my life. That's what we're called to live, that kind of life. As I was working through this passage of scripture uh, last week, just thinking about, man, it's been really neat to be able to journey with others who have been on this journey of learning this principle and, and finding it to be true. And so I asked Malcolm and, and Jessica Drain if they'd be willing to share this morning of how they have found this principle to be true in their lives. Could we welcome them as they come this morning? A couple of months ago, you know, we go through those celebration cards, those prayer requests, and, and so we pray over those things weekly, but we also celebrate with you too. And so a couple of months back, they wrote on there, just celebrating God's faithfulness, that as we have stepped out in this area of spiritual growth, that we've seen God's word to be true. So I just asked if they'd be willing to share some of their journey in that. Hmm? Okay. Uh, um, so so we, um, we've been coming to Connection Point for a while, and we... Um, we're actually going through the Financial Peace University course, uh, and we had been, been nunners for a while. Um, so we decided that we needed to be, you know, we needed to, to give, and we, we prayed on it, uh, and then we would kind of work through the budget, and we would set a number, and at the end of the month, if that number was still there, then we would give. Uh, and eventually we, we ended up, you know, doing that a couple times, and then we'd be back to not being able to give. There was no, there was no money left over. Um, so through that, we kind of made the decision that we needed to, um, we kind of skipped the occasional, and we needed just, just to go straight to faithful giving. Uh, so we, we set up um, our faithful giving amount, uh, and it kind of comes right off the top. Um, what else? Well, we, so we did Dave Ramsey's about a year ago now, and we set a budget. It's one of the first things you have to do in there, and... Um, so we decided to do the 10% off the top. So as soon as we get paid, the 10% goes out. And when we made our budget, we were short. And we were short significantly. And so even after we got rid of, like, the fun things in our budget, like, you know, eating out or um, cable or any of that kind of stuff, we were still short, and um, which was really stressful for us because we have two small kids, and so... You know, you kind of need heat in the middle of January if you have kids living with you. And so um, we decided, we were like, okay, we're just going to do it. We're going to trust that he's going to be faithful. And every month there was always more than we needed. Um, and there was things that happened financially. Like one month we got a check from our insurance saying that we'd been paying, overpaying for years. And so here's what we overpaid back to us. 
Um, that doesn't typically happen. So, <laughs> um, so we knew that was like from God. There was other things like whether like friends just inviting us over for dinner. Um, we had a friend um, basically feed our newborn for his first year of life because I couldn't. And so that took a huge financial burden off of us too. And so it was a lot of things that just added up that every month when we looked back, it was like, there's more than enough here. And we have so much extra left over at the end. So uh, even on top of that, so that was our 2018. Um, so now kind of entering into 2019, uh, the budget still doesn't always balance, um, but we're, we're faithful and we're actually um, beginning to to look into other ways that we can give uh, even generously on top of that. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, I don't understand it, it but it works, apparently. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, I mean, a big part of that is stepping out to say, God, you know, we want to be trusted. Um, but, you know, the, the second part of that passage is, so I guess my question would be, the other part is, as, as you no longer, basically, as money no longer has a hold on you, then there's like an avenue of God who gets to show himself in different ways, or his voice gets louder in our life. Has you found that to be true? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I have uh, found that by not having that stress uh, of being, a, of, you know, worrying about money, uh, I think we have both grown spiritually this year, or last year, um, and, and we can hear the direction that we're being called a little bit more clearly um, because we aren't focused on, on other stuff. So. Cool. Anything else? Uh, I, I challenge you to, to step out and trust God. I mean, <laughs> it was, it, so we've been through these types of services before. Um, and you know, we would, we would, That's we would be fired up and we'd get home and say, yeah, let's do that. And then we'd get home and say, no, no, let's, Let's not do that. Um, <laughs> so so I, I challenge you to actually go through with it and, and allow God to, um, to show himself faithful to you. So. Amen. Thank you, guys. <laughs> As Shelly was sharing during the offering time um, about Financial Peace University, one of the things that the Lord kind of just shot my heart, is, is truly that admonition of, you know, the enemy knows ways that he can keep us distracted from all that God has for us. And, and so part of that process has been, we live in a culture that has increased in the number, uh, in the way of debt load in households. Uh, so I would just put before you this morning, take whatever the next step is for you. So if part of that is just getting some discipleship on how do we eliminate debt so that we can follow more faithfully with what God's word says, then do that. So the whole point is direction. It, it's, it's so much more direction than it is destination. You know, so I just encourage you, get going in the right direction and watch what God does. He really just wants to lead you on a journey and more of himself. And so this is one area that he wants to address. As we continue working through God's word, then he addresses lots of areas. So I encourage you, follow and take your next steps of giving. And, and why? Because then it liberates your household. How much more free could you live if money no longer had a hold on you? How, how much, you know, how fewer arguments could you have in your household over money? if you learn to become faithful and wise and generous in the way that you manage your resources. Your household, your life improves as you start to follow these principles, and then God's kingdom advances as we follow these principles. So I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. Before we close, I just, I just want to ask, you know, maybe you're here this morning, and, 
and part of the reason is we look at the scripture, you'd say, well, man, uh, I am a, a bit a slave to money or to, or to resources. I've, I'm a bit distracted by that. And the reason has been is because you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus, his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he has the, the Holy Spirit baptized, or the Holy Spirit has to empower you to live like this. You cannot do this on your own. Your willpower will not be enough. So you need God in your life if you want to start living these things and hold them to be true. So is that where you find yourself today, to say, you know what, I need God in my life. If I want to live like this and I understand to do so, I need Jesus at the center. So with every head bowed in this room this morning, would you say, I'm ready to take that next step just in following Jesus so that he can lead me next steps for my life? If that's you this morning, to say, I'm ready to say yes to Jesus so that I might start experiencing the freedom that he offers, even freedom and allowing the hold that, that money has on my life to be, to be given away. If that's you this morning, I just invite you to raise your hand so we might pray with you before you leave. Just to encourage you in your decision to follow Jesus. Anybody would say, that's me. I want to turn my life over to Jesus. I want to be empowered by his Holy Spirit to, get, to live the life that only he can enable me to live. Anybody would say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus today. So God, I just pray for each and every one in this room. God, I pray that you would help them to become faithful, wise, and generous stewards. Knowing, Lord, that as we do that, money no longer has a hold on us. We're set free to live for you in ways that we could not before. So God, I, I pray that you would draw near to each and every one in this place, that they might know you in ever-deepening ways. God, I pray that they would be able to go home and, and leave from this place with thoughts of, I, I could take this next step, and it's going to help me get down the road. So Lord, I pray that no matter where people find themselves today, that they would choose to become faithful. Lord, that they would learn a heart of generosity, knowing that our greater Lafayette area has changed, our, our world has changed as we step into that role. And so God, I pray that you would lead us all well. Lord, I pray that you would help us to identify distractions in our lives. Lord, that money might be one, but maybe there's others. So Lord, I pray that we'd identify those distractions to let all distractions go that we might focus our hearts on you, that we truly would seek you first. Lord, I pray that you'd help us in that area. And Lord, as we do that, I just pray that you truly would grant us more of yourself, that we might inherit those, those heavenly riches. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.